Hello, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is Episode 9, John and Wendy Talk to Kate Bischoff. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you, John? I am well. I tell you, we've, we seem to be having all kinds of fun technically tonight, <laughs> and we're going we're gonna to solve all those problems. Nobody's going to know except for us and the fact we're telling you, but no, we're uh, doing well otherwise. How, how are Keep you giving away the secrets. Well, you yeah. know, got to get them coming back for something. You know, I I am doing well. Um, it's spring, and so hopefully the sun will make an appearance soon. And um, got a little, we got spring break for the girls coming up, so I'm uh, gonna take a couple extra days off myself. Awesome. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm excited about our guest, and I was telling her before we got started, the timing was very interesting because uh, to pull back the curtain, well, the day we record this is the day that our very special episode with the. Uh, gentleman from hostile Work yes. environment podcast came out and so i mentioned to mark from hwe i said hey we're talking to this person tonight he's like oh that's awesome she's great she's been a guest on their show already so she as, as i told her she's been with all the cool kids now uh when it comes to <laughs> podcasting. but but uh, without any further ado i'll let you make the introduction and we'll get started wonderful i kate is uh, I, I count kate amongst my um my dear friends so um kate bishop uh is a I love her bio. So she is an overly enthusiastic, sarcastic, and opinionated management side employment attorney. She is SHRM SCP SPHR certified HR pro. She works closely with management and HR folks to improve organizations and make it easier to recruit and retain talent through having easy to understand policies easy-to-use technology, and easy-to-explain compliance initiatives. She has been recognized by the New York Times, CNN.com, NPR, and other journalistic sources as a leading authority on harassment and employment law. Prior to founding Thrive HR, excuse me, Thrive Law and Consulting, um, Kate served as a human resources officer for the United States Department of, of State at the U.S. Embassy. Oh, Zambia. I'm just going to say Zambia. <laughs> that works, that works. There we go. Um, and for the U.S. Consulate General Jerusalem. She's also an adjunct professor at Mitchell Hamlin and serves as faculty for the School of Law's HR Compliance Certificate Program, of which I am a graduate because of Kate. So I appreciate <laughs> Kate getting me involved in that. Um, Kate is a wonderful addition to the HR tribe. I love being able to um, tap into her knowledge, um, which I did actually just recently. So um, Kate, our very first question to you is what is in your glass? Well, thank you guys so much. Um, my glass is filled with Ambrusco tonight because I love red bubbly things. Yummy. Um, it's not Reuniti. It is like <laughs> something a little further above the Reuniti, but uh, it's one of my favorites. But Kate, Reuniti is so nice, especially on ice. On ice. Oh. <laughs> Should we sing it together? Uh, uh, no, there, there might be some copyright issue with that. But uh, <laughs> so. Um, I. I really do like it on ice, too. It's really nice in the summer. I got hooked when I was living in Africa because they make really good wines in Africa, and so that's where I got hooked. So I didn't even have Reuniti until it was, like, the only bottle I could buy at, at the <laughs> local liquor store. So and now I'm constantly trying to find, like, a better version and stumbled across this one, which is pretty good. Kate, I'm curious. With your background and, and, and what you've done, how did you decide to to focus your career 
you know, in the legal world, how did you decide to focus on HR? I wanted to make money. <laughs> I'm serious. Um, I went to law school to represent students and teachers um, against school districts because my mother was a teacher when I was growing up and I was fascinated by free speech in schools and whether students have it and whether teachers have it. And because one of the people who I'm fascinated by to this day is Mary Beth Tinker, who her Supreme Court case recognized that students in schools have the right to free speech. They can wear black armbands to protest the Vietnam War. They can take 17 minutes out of their class to memorialize individuals who were killed at school um, so that they have those rights. And that's why I was going to law school. I graduated from college really young. Um, I wasn't old enough to drink before I went to law school, so I decided <laughs> that I that that was going to be a necessity that I am able to drink lawfully when I go to law school. So <laughs> I did a I did everything but the big paper for a master's degree in K twelve public ed, so that this is what I was going to go do. And then when I got to law school, I looked around and like, okay, so who's going to hire me to do this? And there was like one firm that did it, but they did a lot of disability work, so IDEA and Section mm -hmm. 504 stuff, and they didn't do a lot of free speech. The ACLU did, and I volunteered there, um, but it wasn't a place where I knew that I could go make money. And so I went to work at a plaintiff's employment firm my, my the second summer of law school, and during the interview, I said, you know, it's 2002. Do you really still do sexual harassment work and you still can make money off of it? And they laughed at me and <laughs> laughed at me. And then I, they hired me as one of their law clerks. And so I spent the next four years there, two years as a big girl attorney before my dad said, hey, I need some return on my investment. Will you please go be management side because he owns a small business. <laughs> and then I went to one of the largest labor and employment boutiques in the country and spent three years there as a practicing attorney before making another big leap to do HR full time. So, so that's, wow. that's my story. That's great. And we share, we share a kindred bond in the fact both of my parents were public school teachers. Mm -hmm. so yes. Career. Yeah. yeah I, I know that world. As well. were mine. As were mine. <laughs> Well, and teaching kids here. So you spent time with the Department of State, which yep. is very cool. So what kind of challenges did you encounter when it came to laws in the other countries where you were working? Well, so my first post was Jerusalem, and that's like taking a kitten and putting driving out to the middle of the ocean and seeing if the kitten could swim. <laughs> because like not not even a person who might be able to swim like something that should not be swimming, um, because Kanjan Jerusalem is a wonderful place. It is incredibly challenging. So you imagine the Middle East conflict, and then everything permeates that. I mean, I joke mm -hmm. that buying a keyboard was a political statement because can you buy it on the West Side? Do you, do you have to buy it on the east side? Are the secondary letters Arabic or are they Hebrew? And so, like, everything you did related to the conflict and what the statement that the consulate was making. So imagine what that meant for hiring. Like, the sure. consulate interfaces a lot with the Palestinian Authority, and so I needed to have Palestinians in a bunch of different roles. 
and I couldn't have Israelis in those roles. And then I, in order to get things for the consulate, they need, people needed to go to the airport, and the airport wouldn't let me hire Palestinians for those positions because they needed to have military experience. So I could only hire Israelis for those positions. And so I got really good at discriminating based upon language um, oh. because I, I used Hebrew and Arabic as my barometer for where people needed to be and what positions they could be in. And from a practical standpoint, you know, that's not a good thing to do, right? Like, <laughs> should be discriminating against individuals. But in order for the consulate to do its job, we had to do that in a certain extent. Sure. And so, you know, whether it was we were going to be the we were contemplating arming security guards where I already had ER issues there all the time because every guard post had a Palestinian and a Israeli. And so I constantly had little quibbles with them. And because the Israeli foreign ministry would only allow me to arm the Israeli and not arm the Palestinian, I was going to be adding a single gun to that equation. So that was a concern uh, that I got to testify in Israeli courts about, you know, whether or not the consulate was engaged in anti-Semitism and whether or not we paid somebody appropriately. I got to debate bigger issues from the consulate's perspective where I got to help handle a grant and then just the regular day-to-day -day grind at the embassy in Zambia where institutional knowledge was our biggest concern because the average life expectancy in Zambia at the time I was there was 43. So we we would lose an employee to AIDS or a car accident, mm -hmm. and we would have to think about how can we staff up enough with the FTE that we have so that if that happens, because in Africa, AIDS takes people very quickly. It's not a slow disease. It's very oh. fast there. And so how do we handle though that institutional knowledge and succession planning to make sure that we can continue to operate successfully? So wow. I got some some doozies. Yes. Um, I eventually I think I eventually learned to swim, but I, then I needed to come back to the states. Um, and so now on my Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I have battery, Wi-Fi, then shelter, food and water. Um, sure. Which the the battery Wi-Fi thing would have been a problem in Africa for sure, but it was I, I just have different needs now that I'm back in the states. Wow. I, I, yeah, I, that, that kind of leads us to the next question. I have a feeling that maybe it's the type of water you're swimming in now, as opposed <laughs> to what you're swimming before. But what what are the what are the biggest issues that you're seeing with your current clients? What are they facing when it comes to an from an HR perspective? What I, I mean, I can't imagine it's certainly not the language, but well, it could very well be some <laughs> of the same things. But I'm just trying to you know, as rattling through what you just talked about, what what are the challenges and how do they, you know, how do they compare? Um, it's hard to compare what my clients are going through now to what the Department of State is like, because at the Department of State, you're working with some of the most ambitious and the smartest um, foreign or federal employees that you'll ever meet um, dealing with things that are very important to the government and to the USA. My clients here are working on things that are incredibly important to them 
Um, some are making airplane parts. Some are selling lots of things. Some are doing service industry stuff. Some are, you know, making sure our our the places that we eat in are clean. Um, so there's lots of different concerns that they have. I, it's hard to compare them because they're it's like comparing an apple and an orange. They're just very, very different. I would say my clients today, which even in the Department of State was a big issue, is sexual harassment by by far. I mean, I do I'm doing more sexual harassment training than I think I've ever done in my entire career. Thank goodness that I absolutely love it. It is my favorite thing that I get to do. Um, I love talking about it. I, everything about sexual harassment is some of my favorite work. Not because I get into, you know, how tragic and sad some of these stories are, but it is a great way to look at a company and say, look, you know that this could be an issue someday, whether it's an issue now or some sometime in the future. It's an issue that you're, you may have to face. So let's build a culture that's effective, respectful, and inclusive so that these issues are less likely to crop up. So I think I have a bigger impact when I'm talking about these issues than the one-off, can I fire this guy, Kate, I really need to fire this guy questions. I think I have a bigger impact. Very cool. So, um, okay, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the half-hour question connection. So, okay. You, yeah, hey. Do you remember how you first connected with us? Uh, I believe it is all Next Chat related. I think we met all over Twitter, yeah. and then I kept sending you pictures of your tweets from Sherm17 that were making it to the big boards <laughs> at Sherm17. And then I have not met John in person, but I uh, scared the poop out of you by having you behind <laughs> yes, you did. at Disrupt HR Twin Cities. So where you were speaking and I was speaking, um, but I actually that's when I first got to meet you in person. So Kate, can you talk to us a little bit about how networking's helped in your career and, and what's been really effective for you when it comes to networking? So I think networking is the bomb. I think I am preaching to the choir on this one because both of you are experts at it. I have used <laughs> network networking to build myself some mentors and then I bother them a lot when I get stuck on questions. Um, so it has, and one of those mentors actually hired me for a position at one time, but I found that if I spend just a little bit of time each day, whether it is reading through Twitter or scheduling tweets or reaching out on LinkedIn, um, I feel better about building my own business, but I also get some camaraderie from the network that I have. Kate, you're kind of one of those non-traditional HR people that, um, at least of who we're talking with. So how do you um, give back to the HR community besides answering my questions on Twitter? <laughs> I have a, a standing policy with my clients that they can call me and if it's less than 15 minutes, I won't bill them in part because I hate billing. Uh, <laughs> so I, that I kind of made that pitch to a lot of people. Like, you know, if I can answer your question in 15 minutes, it's not worth me, you know, going, going through all the paperwork and sending you an invoice for like 
70 bucks. Okay. It's just not worth it. But it is, it is worth it for me because if I'm putting good out into the world, I know if you have a bigger issue, you'll come back to me and then I can mail you. Yeah. So I, I'm a big believer in, you know, spending the time, even if it is like, a, there's, if it's the second aunt uh, that you might know and only see her once a month or, or like once a year and she has she's having problems with her employer I'm happy to talk to her for a little bit provided I'm not conflicted out so like I want to be able to give that back because I think then I'm helping educate people on what the law is and what the right thing to do is very cool Kate, who do you like to, to read or follow when it comes to, to gaining HR and employment law insights? Well, like I think everyone who's been on your podcast, the answer to that question is everyone. <laughs> I can't so, write that in the show notes. Come on. <laughs> no, but you know you can't write that. I, I love Mark and Dennis's podcast, um, The Hostile Work Environment. I've got the swag. Uh, I love John Hyman, who just recently helped one of my clients with an OSHA issue, even though he's far, far away. I love um, Jasmine and Sarah Morgan, Heather Bussing. I love all of them because I love hearing the different voices. I'm so excited that Katrina Kibben went out on her own because um, I love her insights as well. So I'm really looking, I really spend some time every day looking for what people are saying and following various hashtags. But I also wake up really early in the morning and go through my flipboard on my phone and find things that I find interesting and then schedule those tweets out during the day because nobody wants to see my tweets at 4 a.m. <laughs> but if I I can schedule them closer to seven or eight people who actually read them. So I love sharing the stuff that I find really interesting and seeing what people respond to, because that gives me good insight of what people are wanting to pay attention to. And that gives me ideas for then what I share for my own opinions when I write my stuff. Um, I, I love what you share. You, you share some really just great stuff. So I appreciate that. Thanks. So, sometimes I'm really snarky and inappropriate. So. And we love that, too. That's who we all are. That's I think we HR, need more of that, it? personally. I think so. Yeah. I, I know. I mean, seriously, I think sometimes we forget that we're people and we have yeah. personalities and uh, that it, it, the, who you are comes through and whatever that is out there, right? I mean, we can yeah. be professionals yeah. and still have a, a bit of snark or a streak or yes, whatever of course. it is. And I, and I think that's I, – I, I commend you for that because – the the people that there are people that are just very generic and yeah how they're delivering and it doesn't what does it tell us why why do we want to engage right yeah well I shared one thing today where there I I cannot believe some attorney actually defended this case that was a company a staffing company that had a job announcement that said that they had really good Mexicans working for them. So come talk to them to get good Mexicans. <laughs> oh my God. Right? Like that's insane. Like who writes uh, the job announcement and then oh posts it somewhere? And then who defends that case? Like, I, I don't understand why an attorney oh would defend gosh. that case. Cause that is so clearly against the law, but it's really good fodder for me. Right? Yes. So it's, uh, it just amazes me. Wow. 
You got to send that over to to Mark and Dennis. They need to talk about that. <laughs> I, I definitely shared that with them. And then the other one that was illuminating today came from Robin Schooling because it was on her Facebook post where a, I can't remember what team a cheerleader is suing for gender discrimination because her Instagram posts were more scrutinized than the football team players when they would post on Instagram. And so oh she got fired <laughs> and they don't get fired for similar posts. I'm like, oh, that's oh fascinating goodness. stuff, right? So I'm very, it surprises <laughs> me every day. Thank goodness. I joke that testosterone pays my mortgage and John Hyman jokes <laughs> that stupidity pays his, but you know, it's a kind of a combination of both. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. So getting a little bit lighter now. Um, so what okay. is your favorite movie? So John Cates is right. The Philadelphia story is an absolutely excellent movie. Uh, I just made my children watch it the other day. They <laughs> suffered through the black and white and were able to comprehend most of it. But I'm also a major action movie fan. I love Die Hard. Die Hard is a Christmas movie in my oh, world. We, <laughs> we watch it every Christmas. Um, I love James Bond, and I am a huge Marvel Cinematic Universe fan. Yay! Super excited about Captain Marvel. I, yes. I think um, Brie Larson is going to be fantastic. And the man I regularly crush on, Lee Pace, is just announced that he's going to be in Captain Marvel. So I cannot wait. Ooh. So, yes. Yay! Continuing <laughs> the crazy exciting. connection thing. So apparently one of my kids... One of one of his classmates is cousins with Lee Pace. Really? Yeah, I don't know how. Oh my god, that's like four degrees for me. That's so cool. Something crazy like that, and yeah, you know, yeah. Well, anyway, I haven't met him, but when they were talking about when Guardians came out, they're like, "Oh yeah, my cousin's in this movie," you know, or not? Yeah, when Guardians, they're like, "He's the bad guy." I'm like, "Ronan, the guy with the hammer." Yeah, holy cow, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, that is so cool. Well, there there is another movie that he is in. I'm trying to find the name of it, um, but it is it is so adorable. It is cute. It is charming. And oh my god, I can't believe I can't find the name of this movie. But it is it. He's in it. It's about this little girl who is in a hospital because she fell. It, oh, it's so great. I will definitely try to find the name of it. Because it makes me so happy. <laughs> well, I, I seem to remember when I when I talked to you about coming on the show, you said you were afraid of doing this section. So I, I don't remember if it was movies, but what about favorite musician or band? Whatever is playing currently. Um, I don't. I have found that I I'm a huge Elton John fan. I really like Weezer. I have seen the Lumineers in concert a lot, um, but. Paul McCartney in concert is absolutely amazing. Live and Let Die, oh. maybe one of my top five songs of all time. Bad James Bond movie, but great theme song. Um, but I have a hard time picking just one. Like everybody has a hard time picking one favorite movie, but I have a hard time finding that. And, you know, embarrassingly, I just turned 40 and I found that the quote unquote oldie station is catching my fingertips more often than the newer stuff because I can 
you know, blast air supply to wake up my youngest child <laughs> in the morning. And I will make, that'll make me happy all day. So. Oh, well, see, we get, since we got our oldest into um, Guardians of the Galaxy, she mm-hmm. is all about um, the awesome mixtape. So we are, you know, total easy listening 70s now. So <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. I love it. That's I love great. It. All right. So back to uh, the visual medium. Uh, favorite TV show? Uh, hands down, Murphy Brown. I oh. am super sad that it's not I think there's one channel that currently is showing it and I've never been able to find it when I need to uh but I remember growing up watching Murphy Brown every Thursday night or whatever night on TV it was um and my dad grumpily like enjoying the show um but (laughs) like I had my eyes glued to it because I loved it you know when you when you're not watching the Marvel movies or listening to whatever's on the radio or, or watching Murphy's Brown, what do you, what else do you like to do when you put away the work things? Uh, I spend a lot of time with my little guys because they're the best. Uh, we have been pretty socially active recently. We just did um, the March for our lives last weekend. Uh, um, they are, both not into sports, which I am very thankful for because <laughs> I am not willing to give up my life for a sport. Um, Ozzy runs track, but he does it recreationally for through the rec center and not through like every weekend you must be running track. And then Quentin is my big introvert who is now getting into Andrinos, I think, or Raspberry Pi computers and is starting to code things. And so he has his own tinker room downstairs. So I see him a lot less, even though he's in my house, but they're both pretty gadgety kids. And so we're, I'm spending a lot of time trying to figure out what they're trying to do. We recently went to micro center, which now is Quentin's Mecca. And I'm like, I don't know anything about what you ask, you're asking for. So I feel really outside of my depth. But I'm happy to make them happy. Oh, all right. So, Kate, our final question is, if you weren't in HR, you weren't doing law for HR, legal advice, HR, whatever we want to call it, employment law, what do you think you'd be doing? Oh, um, so I'm pretty confident that I would be doing something in behavioral economics because I'm fascinated with how people make decisions. Um, so it is how they come to what is important to them and how they act upon that, even when they're acting irrationally, um, things like Freakonomics and how people decide that this is going to be the path that they're going to take. All of that really fascinates me. So I might have ended up as an IO psychologist at some sort of or just doing basic research around uh, economic behavior. Because it, I think how people make decisions is so important to them and to how we function as a society. And it boggles me of how some people have come to the decisions that they've come to. And if we knew how they made those decisions, we might be able to figure out how to adjust their opinions and what information would help 
change their decision making so that they make better decisions for us and for themselves. So that fascinates me. Wow. And I figured out the name of the Lee Pace movie. It's called The Fall. Everyone should watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. The Fall. The Fall. It's amazing. Okay. Yes. Absolutely amazing. Well The guy who the guy who directed um Thor Ragnarok, it's one of his movies, I think. Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Oh no no never mind. I got the wrong guy. But it's super visual just like him. Um it's like the colors and everything. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, with with that, I want to congratulate you for surviving the question connection, finding the title so the fall. We'll make sure that's out there. But uh, but Kate, it's been just tremendous having you on. I've loved the conversation. I've learned a lot, and and appreciate you being here. This is the chance now for you to to let our audience know how can they find you out there on the internet. What's the best way to reach you? Well, so first of all, thank you very much. I really appreciate being involved with you guys, knowing you guys and being part of the HR tribe. I really do feel like I'm one of the HR cool kids, even if I'm like on ring three of the circular of coolness. <laughs> um, so I really like really thank you very much for having me on. Um, you can find me um, through my company's website, which is thrivelawconsulting.com. You can find me on Twitter at, at K8BishHRLaw. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm, I feel like I'm everywhere these days. My company has its own Facebook page. I, I feel like I'm a little overexposed, and maybe all of my data is being shared with the Russians, but that's okay. As long as I'm reaching the people I need to reach to, it's great. And I really do like connecting with people and talking with them. Um, I get some crazy questions that really sometimes really make me think, which is great. I love those. Uh, so I'm happy to connect with anybody. We will put all that in the show notes and, and, and definitely share, share that information. And Wendy, how about you? What's the best way for our listeners to find you? Best way to find me is always on Twitter, um, Wendell93, W-Y-N-D-A-L-L-9-3, or on my blog, um, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And as always, please be sure to join us every fourth Sunday of the month um, at 7 p.m. Eastern on Twitter for our HR Social Hour chat. Me though, You can always find me on Twitter. That's at John, J-O-N underscore Thurman, T-H-U-R-M-O-N-D. Happy to connect on LinkedIn. I always ask, though, if you would, to send me a personalized note. Just let me know you found us through the podcast or through the chat, and I'd uh, be happy to connect there. If you have any comments or questions about the show or the monthly chat, send us an email. That's hrsocialhourpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook if you search HR Social Hour. You'll find the show at hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. We're also on iTunes, the Podbean app, Podchaser, Stitcher Radio, and hrpodcasters.com. Uh, as I always ask each week, the, the greatest thing you can do for us, if you're a listener and a fan and like what we're doing, rate and review, share the show. Uh, but if you give us five stars, particularly on iTunes, uh, that helps raise our visibility. It uh, gets us more uh, eyeballs on the show, potential listeners, and just continue to build the, uh, the HR Social Hour crew. So we, we always appreciate that. Uh, again, Kate, appreciate you being with us tonight. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And we'll see you next time. And always be sure to connect, give back, and network. network. Take care, everyone. We'll see you next time.